bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otterville. And now, today's word. When God is speaking to Abraham, it is implied that Abraham is in a tent or in a cave. Because later on the passage says God brought him outside. So if God brought him later outside, then the first time he spoke to him, he was inside. And he was in a tent. So let's look at the first time and how Abraham is seeing reality in the tent. This is what I call the earthly view. Walking by sight. The tent was Abraham's location. It was a place where he lived. The tent was enclosed. And it limited his vision. Abraham's position in the tent. And, and I want you to, to watch this. When I'm in a place all by myself, and, and I, each one of us have been a place all by ourselves, it could be in your room alone, or sometimes you can be in a group, but you feel like you are alone. You, you, it's almost like you are in a tent. You, you, are, you are by yourself. There's nothing around you. When you are in that space, and in Abraham's case, he's in a tent, it's likely that he's alone in the tent. When he looks up, he sees the top of the tent. That's as far as he can go. It's not because that is all that there is to see, but the tent is determining you cannot see beyond me. So he sees the end of the tent. He looks to the side. He sees the wall of the tent, the wall of the tent. He looks down and he sees the ground. And he looks around and he sees himself. So. Everything Abraham is seeing now is limited by the place he's in, the tent he's in, the condition he's in. And that is determining Abraham's life. So in the tent place, you are seeing reality from the earthly point of view or walking by sight. And in the place, two things happen to Abraham first he became inward looking he began to place limitation on himself and if you listen to the conversation he has with God it's all based on sight seeing I go childless in other words God see or I see my problem I see it when you are in this situation where you are in a tent situation, that's all you're going to see. Each one of us have met people whose every conversation is related to a problem facing them. If they are sick, every time they talk, this is my sickness, this my they, they've already called it my sickness. You know, like I, I talk to people and sometimes they say, I've got a cold. I say, who will take it away from me? You got it. I've got fever. Well, if you've got it, then it's yours. Now you can say that I am dealing with fever, or am I dealing with cold, but once you have said that you have gotten it, I have a fever. It's yours. 
So now Abraham is saying, see. He's almost looking at, looking at God and say, look at me. Look at where I am. Look at where life has brought me. Look at how miserable my situation is. And we've met people whose every conversation is based on, look at me. I used to be fat, now I am thin. I used to be this, and look at this, and people are laughing at me. And, and every conversation starts with their problem and ends with their problem. When people are in that situation, they are walking by sight, they are in the tent limited position, and it's very difficult for God to bless them. As a matter of fact, they may pray and have all night prayer meetings and nothing will change in their situation because all the prayer is based on see. And that's why sometimes people in that situation run from place to place, run from meeting to meeting, looking for help because everything about their life has been consumed by their problem. It consumes their conversation, consumes their prayer life, it consumes their relationship, and if you don't sympathize with them, they, they, they pull away from you. Because their problem becomes number one in their life. Now this is where Abraham is. He said, God, look at me. Then the second thing that the tent did to Abraham, it makes you small-minded. He begins to not just place limitation on himself. Now he's placing limitation on God. He says, look, second time. First, see, I go childless. Now he's saying to God, look. In other words, God, if you haven't seen, I'm telling you, look. You have given me no offspring. In other words, God, it's not just my problem. It's your problem too. Not only do I have limitations, but look at you. You can't even do anything about my problem. You've given me no child. My Lord, deliver Daniel. Why can't you deliver me? I used to know a gentleman who, that song was his favorite song. Those days I was in a fellowship. And anytime we're praying, you see, my Lord, deliver Daniel. My Lord, deliver Daniel. Why can't you deliver me? <laughs> And I remember once I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, if you sing that song, God will never deliver you. Because you already said he can't deliver you. So Abraham is in the tent and he's saying, Lord, see, I go childless and look, you have given me no child. In other words, Lord, I can do it and you can do it too. We are both incapable of solving the problem and is based on what he was seeing. May I suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, whatever you are seeing today is temporary. God told Abraham, uh, Moses to tell the Israelites, the Egyptians you see today are temporary. You will not see them again. Until you are able to shift from what you are seeing until you consider what you are seeing as temporary, you will never experience the weight of glory. No matter how tough it is, it is temporary. So Abraham, you go childless, you have no child, but it is not permanent. So then God 
did something for Abraham and I pray he will do it for all of us today. He brought him outside. So why did he bring him outside? Because where he was, was influencing everything about him. And God says, if I'm going to help you, I need to change your location. I need to change your view. I need to change your mindset. If I can change the way you are thinking, I can change your reality. So he brought him outside. So we have, first we have the tent look now. Let's look at the outside the tent look. The tent look gives you an earthly view. Outside of the tent gives you a heavenly view. And when he brought him outside, God said, look now. I like that phrase, now, that word. Look now toward heaven. Abraham, change what you see. Look now toward heaven. Look at the stars. Count them. And then he says, so shall your descendants be. Now remember, he still doesn't have a child. So God is saying, I'm going to take you on a journey. You are not walking by sight now. You are walking by faith. You are not walking by the things which be. You are walking by the things which be not. You still don't have a child, but you have to see your descendants into the future. And you have to see that what I have in front of you is more glorious than what you are experiencing now. You have to shift your vision. Until you shift that vision, you can't have much of what God has for you. So, outside the tent is an upward look. Inside the tent is an inward look. Outside the tent is upward Look now toward heaven. Physically, it meant to look at the vast expanse of space in the sky. But spiritually, it meant to look beyond his own limited resources and tap into God's resources. Look now toward heaven. I came to announce to somebody, it's time to look toward heaven heaven you've looked at men you've looked toward men you've looked toward your friends you've looked towards an expert you've looked toward a financier you've looked toward an uh, a specialist you've looked towards somebody and none of it has worked for you and in the tent you're beginning to give up because an expert couldn't solve your problem but it's time now to look toward heaven look toward heaven an upward look. And then he says, count them. When you look toward heaven, you have an unrestricted view. Unrestricted view. And God says to Abraham, 
so shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. Can you count your descendants? Abraham said, no, sir, I can't count them. He says, so shall, shall your descendants be. You can't count them. They will be innumerable. If Abraham could see his descendants now, it would blow his mind as to what God did, has done through him and his descendants. It would blow his mind. Because in his lifetime, he couldn't see the millions and millions and millions of his descendants, both physical and spiritual. Look toward heaven, so shall your descendants be. Now, if God told Abraham to look to the stars, then we can comfortably presume that this incident is taking place in the night. Because if it is the day, he can't see stars and count them. So this is a night experience. So Abraham is in the night season. God says, look to the sky. Now when you look to the sky, there are two things you're going to see. A lot of darkness. A lot of darkness. And then you see little, little stars. As a matter of fact, the darkness is more than the stars. So God says to Abraham, look to the darkness of your situation. It looks big, but within those darkness spaces, there are some stars. And I don't want you to focus on the dark, focus on the light, on the stars. And if you can focus on it, so shall your future be. And that's where he wants to get you and I. It's dark, but there are still stars. I came here to announce to somebody, you look up and it looks dark, but there are stars. And God says, start focusing on the stars, not on the darkness, on the stars. And then he says to Abraham, so shall your descendants be. At this time, Abraham has two options. In the tent, he sees impossibility, he's childless. Outside the tent, he sees innumerable descendants. He has to choose what he wants to believe. Either he's going to go back and say, I like the tent because I feel safe, that's what I see, or I'm going to be outside and I'm going to somehow believe that my future will be like the stars. That's a choice. And the Bible says, and Abraham believed God. And God says, that's righteousness. In other words, Abraham believed God and God says, high five. That's what, literally what it means. In other words, Abraham says, I believe you, God. God says, shake my hand. Now we can do business. Now I can get you to the place I promised you years ago because you have changed from inward looking to outward looking. From walking by sight to walking by faith. 
Now you are in my realm. Now you are in my space. Now you have left the earth and come to the heavenly space. And now I can do business with you. If you want God to do business with you, you have to take a step outside of the tent and you have to come close to his realm and you have to shake his hand and say, God, I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see it, I believe it. I haven't heard it, but I believe it. I haven't tasted it, but I believe it. I haven't felt it, but I believe it. I haven't had anybody cook it for me to smell it, but I believe it. And when you come to that point, God says, now we can do business. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Can you do business with God? There are some of you here who are wondering, will I ever marry? And you say, God, look at me. I spoke to a lady once who said, Pastor, look at me. I don't want to look. <laughs> says, I am finishing. Look at me. I used to be nice. I used to be beautiful. And look at me now. I've grown no husband. Who will marry me? Now, if you see yourself that way, you have disqualified yourself. But if you come out from the tent and you say, Lord, it's dark all around, but I still see the stars. And I believe you that the things which be not are greater than the things which are. God will say, shake my hand. Now we can do business. Because he controlled the hearts of men all over the world. And he can bring one from Hong Kong anytime that the Ghana supply is depleted. He can bring a woman from China, from Asia, from Australia, from America. <laughs> I know most of you want from America. <laughs> but God can do business with you. God can do business with you. He said, Lord, look at me, my body, I'm sick. And the specialist says, there's no hope for me. And God said, look to the skies. It's dark, but look at my promises. Look at the stars. And you say, God, I don't move by what I see. I move by what you have promised. God shakes your hand and say, we can do business now. We walk by faith and not by sight. Is it easy to walk by faith and not by sight? No sir, no madam. If it was easy, everybody would walk by faith and not by sight. It is a tough thing to come out of the tent and step outside the tent because everything in you would tell you stay in there. You know, most of us benefit from pity. Look at me, look at me. People, please care for me. Now, sometimes we want people's pity more than God's blessing. As if when people pity you and pat on you and say, oh, it will be fine. Oh, it will be okay. My sister, don't worry. My brother, don't worry. Then it will solve your problem. You know, I've lived on this earth a little time. And don't worry, it doesn't solve problems. 
Have you noticed that don't worry doesn't solve problems? I mean, don't worry will make you feel good for a while, but somebody patting you, sitting by you in the dark and holding your hand and encouraging you is good. It's a good feeling, but it won't solve the problem. The only one who solves the problem is the owner of heaven and earth. And he says, come out of the tent. I want to do business with you. So Abraham, you're either going to do business with Eliezer or you do business with me. And if you're going to trust me, so shall your descendants be. So what do you see? Let me look, do my conclusion from 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. And this is what it says. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now... For a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness, I like what the Nigerians would say, the genuineness. The genuineness or the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, that perishes. Though it is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Four, four points I would make and then I will close. One is that genuine faith will be tested. Genuine faith will be tested. When your faith is tested, it is to prove the genuineness of it. A trial of your faith is to show the genuineness, the purity of your faith. Every testimony of God's faithfulness comes from the fires of fierce trials. There's nobody with a testimony who wasn't tested. Your faith will be tested. My faith will be tested. Everybody goes through test and trial of faith. It's normal. Second point. Genuine faith loves God even when he is not seen. Whom having not seen, you love. There are times we pray and do not see anything. There are times we pray and do not hear anything. There are times when we seek for God and do not hear from him. So what do we do when God, quote unquote, is silent? The passage says, whom having not seen, yet you love. In other words, when I don't see what God is doing, I have come out of the tent, I believe him, and, but I'm not seeing anything yet, you still say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I believe you. Because your love for God must never wane in the process of trial. That's not the time to say, I'm not going to go to church. 
That's not a time to say, I won't pray again. That's not a time to say, I'll throw my Bible away. That's a time to hold your Bible close to you and pray and trust God and worship God and be about the business of the Lord. Whom having not seen, yet you love. Genuine faith loves God even when he is not seen. Thirdly, genuine faith rejoices because of what is believed. Note it says, though now you do not see him yet, believing, you rejoice. Rejoice inexpressible, the old King James says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. How do you know you've passed from sight to faith? Joy. You know, there are times in your life where you go through a dark moment and you're so depressed and somehow, and then one time you rea realize you begin to believe God. And when you start believing the word of God or, or God speaks to you one way or the other, although nothing has changed, the first mark that you have shifted from the tent to outside, from, from fear to faith, from sight to faith is joy. Now he says, joy unspeakable. In other words, it's not joy laughter. It's not joy life. It's not joy laughter. Ha, 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 ha. That, that, that means something else is going on. You have problem and the thing is that, and you have joy. You don't go about laughing. <laughs> you need reference when, you, when, you, when you're doing. <laughs> no, that's not the joy we're talking about. The, the joy here, joy is not laughter necessarily, is not, is not happiness. Joy is an inward satisfaction, and deep inward satisfaction that you can't even explain. It's called joy unspeakable. And, and it's almost as if your heart is so full of a good feeling, but you can't explain why it is there. When that thing enters your heart, you have shifted from sight to faith. Because the mark of faith is joy unspeakable, full of glory. Genuine faith rejoices not when the miracle is received, but when faith is present. And finally, genuine faith always receives in the end. Genuine faith always receives in the end. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith in God is its own reward. The fact that you have faith in God is a reward by itself. But in addition to faith being its own reward... Faith also will carry the material substance of what you have believed God for and deliver it into your life. When Abraham believed God and God said, righteousness, we can do business, he has joy. But later on, he had laughter because he and his wife embraced a son and they called him Isaac. Laughter. The laughter came when the physical miracle touched them. The joy came earlier when they believed God.
how do you know you've believed God? Is joy unspeakable and full of glory. That is why people will look at you and say, it seems as if you are not worried. It seems as if nothing bothers you. It seems like you don't mind. When, when people start to testify, you look like you don't mind. You look like well, well, you don't care what is going on. It means there is something that has registered in your spirit. It's called the joy of the Lord. Until that, your problem will photograph you. Everybody who will see you say, hey, the guy he's suffering all. You, when you see him, when you see him, no, you know that this one, he's suffering. Your, foot, your, your, your problem has photographed you. There are ladies who are not married. They're, they're, it has photographed them. <laughs> there are some people, when they are broke, it's photographed them. You, you just look at them, you don't have to ask, are you broke or not? The picture is there. <laughs> because they are walking by sight. But the day you start walking by faith, joy will photograph you. The joy of the Lord. People are going to ask you, well, don't you care? Oh, yeah. I walk by faith and not by sight. We have moved from inside the tent to outside the tent. We see the eternal weight of glory. We see what God is going to do. And our hearts are settled that what God promised he will do. Are you ready to walk by faith and not by sight? Somebody say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.